we pray that the song uh, is blessing you and will bless you and just um, build your faith. Um, but the lyrics of the song, the lyrics, is, uh, tells a story of who we are and what we are called to do. Um, it's a prophetic story about the warrior spirit in us and how God is calling us to chase down some things, especially in this season. And I hope that you can hear in the lyrics that we are really just boasting in the God in us. Um, the hook of the song says uh, that we are strong in his strength, so what comes our way, we chase down. He is the warrior. Um, and he is our strength, and because of his strength, we are fearless in battle. And um, I think Wayne's mentioned it before, but the warrior spirit is not a new concept. It's not something that we pulled out of thin air um, since our church began almost 20 years ago. Uh, it, there's been many prophetic words spoken about this warrior spirit. But in saying that, um, God is doing something unique and amazing in this season and um, in our midst in this hour. Um, and so, you know, we've been sensing it as a leadership team for a while, um, and we really believe that God's timing is perfect. And just want to encourage you to lean in uh, to him, not just uh, with the message that I'm going to share this morning, but just in this season, God is really wanting to speak to us. And so our heart behind this um, Chase Down sermon series was to unpack what that prophetic song is saying and what God is calling out of you and I so that we can better understand, but most importantly, so that we can respond. Everyone say respond respond. Okay, so just to recap, um, in case someone here has missed it, um, where we have been in the last couple of weeks, part one by Rowena was about the God who chased us down. So here's the mighty warrior who was relentless in his pursuit of us, that he chased us down with salvation and continues to chase us down every day. Uh, and after a while of just walking with God, I think that's probably one of the things that I treasure the most about him is his commitment to me. Uh, time and time again, he's proved this, that though I failed him, he never continues to chase me down. I love um, scripture says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me, will chase me down all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, part two, Ta'ulu talked um, about Leviticus 26, uh, verse 8, and the power of when we chase down together. Uh, there is something special, something powerful about going to war together for the purposes of God. We've just come out of um, Women's Victory Weekend, as Son said, packed. I haven't seen um, a room that packed full of women before at Victory Weekend in such a long time. And so we were all there just fighting for one another's freedom in Christ. And it was so beautiful to see. And as we were chasing down our enemies, we were being chased down by spiritual blessing. Um, and so this is God's design for us as a church community and as family. There is strength in numbers. Um, but the cool thing is, as Ulu mentioned, it doesn't have to be big numbers. God just needs a few faithful, faith-filled warriors, and he will move mightily, unleashing his warrior spirit. And so um, today, part three, I wanted to wrap up by talking about chasing down purpose, chasing down what God has for you and I. And if you've surrendered your heart to Christ, then he has deposited this warrior spirit in you, and man, what a force you are for God's kingdom uh, and his glory. 
Um, but also, if you don't know Jesus this morning, you're not excluded. Uh, God has this same warrior spirit for you in Christ too, if you are willing. So, you know, uh, this word is, is for everyone today. Okay, cool. So, just um, getting right into the word. Our key verse today is taken from a passage in Matthew 11. Uh, and it's also one of the Bible verses that we drew inspiration from for writing the song, Chase Down. Uh, and it's Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Um, and if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to teach a bit today from God's word. If you know me, I just I love words. I uh, just completely geek out on the Word of God. I love how intentional God is about every detail. Every word is there for a purpose and a meaning. Um, the Word of God is this intricate tapestry woven. It's so precise um, and so full of power, and there's so many mysteries in His Word to be discovered about Him and His love for us. And today I want to share with you some mysteries that I found just from digging into this one verse and also through it, hearing what God is wanting to say to us in this season. And so um, to give you a bit of context around this verse, we need to look back in history. Again, Ulu spoke last week um, from the Old Testament book of Leviticus about the rules and the regulations that were laid out for the people of Israel at that time in order for them to live in God's holy presence. So as we know, um, God is holy. They needed to be holy and set apart um, in order to be in his presence, meaning that they had to be faithful to all the terms of the covenant that were laid out. But if you know the narrative of the Old Testament, fulfilling the righteous requirements of the law would prove to be impossible for the Israelites, and they just cycled in and out of obedience, disobedience. Um, and to be honest, the same can be said for some of us today who are striving to obey God's commands without an internal change of heart. That was definitely me for so many years before truly understanding what the cross of Christ um, did for me. Uh, Romans 10.2 describes it the best, that they have a zeal for God, but they're ignorant of his righteousness, uh, and they're seeking to establish their own righteousness. So I was stri striving for perfection before God, like the Israelites, and just failing miserably. So God knew that um, left to our own devices, we didn't have it in us to be faithful to him. So he came up with a master plan. Jesus, his son, his righteousness would come down to this earth and trade places with us sinners. And on that cross, he took the full brunt of our sin um, and its penalties. And uh, for it, we received the gracious gift of his righteousness so that we could enjoy unbroken fellowship with a holy God. Um, and because of this, um, as we heard in worship, Jesus lived a sinless life on earth. Death from the resurrection couldn't hold him to the grave. He rose again in resurrection power and deposited his Holy Spirit, which is the warrior spirit, um, to, in us to help us to obey God. And that's the gospel. Um, it's the gospel that saved me. It's the gospel that saved you. During worship this morning, I was just reminded of a text that my mom sent me during the week. And she said, the Lamb of God went to the cross. The Lion of Judah came out of the grave. 
and I love how she, she really summed it up um, with that. And so, um, yeah, again, we didn't have it in us to obey, so God put it in us through his obedient son. That was the master plan of the Old Testament. Okay, so prophetic words. Looking back at the Old Testament, prophetic words would be spoken forth about this coming Savior who had a divine redemptive purpose. Um, Many of you know it, Isaiah 7. Just quickly, I'm just going to use one scripture. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. But not only Jesus was prophesied, but prophets would also speak of someone very significant to the master's plan, a forerunner, a messenger who was sent by God to prepare the way for the Messiah, a man named John the Baptist. In fact, the Old Testament book of Malachi, which uh, closes out the Old Testament, Malachi gives a prophetic word from God about John the Baptist in chapter 3 and also in that very last verse of the Old Testament. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. So John's um, kingdom purpose was so significant. Um, For those of you that may not know, from that point on, there is 400 years of silence before the New Testament opens up in the book of Matthew. And then a whole new kind of narrative begins to play out. And so we will read about the genealogy of Christ, um, the angel visitation to the Virgin Mary, the birth of the Savior in his early years growing up. John the Baptist appears on the scene in Matthew 3, launching right into his God-given purpose, fulfilling the prophecy of Malachi of being the messenger, preaching and preparing the way for the revealed Messiah. Um, Repent, for the kingdom is at hand, he is famous for saying. So by the time we reach Matthew 11, our... um, passage for today where our key verses, John has been fulfilling his kingdom purpose and is actually now in prison for it. Jesus is also fulfilling his purpose by teaching and preaching in the cities when he begins to testify to the crowd about John the Baptist. And this is where we find ourselves um, in verse 12, but um, we've got it up there. I'm just going to read from verse 11 where Jesus says, truly I say to you, Among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And then we go into our key verse. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. In the verse 11 that sits before our key verse, Jesus is boasting about the faithfulness of John because he's fulfilling his kingdom purpose on earth. And then Jesus goes on to add that anyone who has reached the kingdom of heaven, which would be through salvation, is even greater than John. Why would he say that? Because his purpose would have, been, uh, would have reached completion. So just something to draw from that verse 11 um, is that greatness is perfect, purpose fulfilled. We hear a lot of definitions out there about what greatness is, but this is what it is according to verse 11. Greatness is purpose fulfilled. And so, you know, we can learn so much by looking back at the purpose journey of John the Baptist, um, and we can think about it even in terms of our own purpose. God's spoken word always 
goes out first. That's why it won't return to him void. And also, secondly, that God involves people in his kingdom purpose. Um, he involves willing, faithful people to accomplish his plan. Okay, so now let's look at verse 12. And um, yeah, we're just going to break this up. Uh, and that first part that I wanted to focus on is just those first few words there, from the days of John the Baptist, Jesus said. So who is John? John is the miracle child of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, Jesus' mother. Um, and he was a miracle child because he was born to them in their old age. Um, Elizabeth had been barren for years. Uh, and so in Luke 1, it's a, a cool passage to read in your own time, um, Zechariah is visited by an angel who announces this miracle, a lot like um, Jesus, uh, announces this miracle, and he also instructs Zechariah to specifically name this child John. John means Jehovah is the gracious giver. So God wanted the parents to know from the get-go that he was the gracious giver of John's life. He had a purpose for John, and what a mighty purpose it was. Um, amazingly, uh, the title given to John of the Baptist um, also has such an amazing meaning uh, than what you might think at face value. I know when, you know when I see the word Baptist, I just think, oh yeah, someone that baptizes water, uh, baptizes people, you know, dumps or dunks them in water, right? But actually, there is two different meanings of baptism, and I just, um, we're going to chuck those words up, bapto and baptizo, and I just wanted to explain the difference because it's really powerful when you uh, get it. Um, in 200 BC, there was a poet called Nicander, I hope I said his name right, who used this random example of how pickles the vegetable pickles are made. And um, the vegetable is first, there's, there's two processes. They're first dipped, which is that word bapto, into boiling water. And then they are baptized, baptizo, in, a, in vinegar. It's a vinegar solution. And so both of those words talk about immersing under a solution. Um, but the amazing thing is that that first word is temporary, means temporary. But the second uh, is the act of baptizing producing a permanent change. John the Baptist is the word that means permanent change. So that's what his calling and his purpose was symbolizing. If you remember, as I mentioned, the Old Testament, God's chosen people, the Israelites, were cycling in and out of obedience, temporary change. But God's mighty purpose in, uh, John's mighty purpose in God was to be the forerunner of permanent change that would only be made available through Christ. So he was responsible to declare the way to holiness and his dest the destiny in his name um, was all about the permanent change that Christ was going to bring. Like that is the glory of God, even in something simple as the name John the Baptist. Um, and so... You know, what I was thinking about was for us as God's people who are now under this new way and under this new covenant, we are also declarers of this permanent change that is only available in Christ, and you don't have to be standing behind a pulpit for that. Um, you just have to believe. Okay, the, the next part of the verse that I wanted to focus on is the words that Jesus followed with, until now. That word now 
comes from a word that means to raise up from the ground. Um, examples I found attached to, to this was to raise up stones, to take up serpents, to raise up a dead body. I loved how Sales was just encouraging us during worship about the resurrection power. When Jesus was saying until now, he was speaking about his resurrection power in their midst. Um, and so just to tie the, that first part of the verse together, uh, Jesus was essentially saying to the crowd, from the time that John started fulfilling his purpose, announcing permanent change, which was, again, a gracious gift from God, from the time he started announcing that that was on its way until now, this very moment where I, the resurrection power, am standing in your midst. You know, can you hear the, the build-up? I was like, where is Jesus going with this? He's, it's like a, the word that came to me as I was preparing was crescendo for those that are musicians. Um, there was just a real buildup in what Jesus was saying. And, um, you know, family, I believe like God wants me to remind us this morning of his resurrection power that is in our midst. That's what the warrior spirit in us is. It's a gracious gift from God that helps us to bring about permanent change um, in the earth. And why? Why is that important? Uh, Matthew 6:10, the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so God is highlighting John the Baptist. Like him, in the warrior spirit, fulfill your God-given purpose and help to establish his kingdom on earth is what I believe is our encouragement this morning as I was preparing and um, just looking at those words until now. I thought, now what, Lord? And what the impression that I got was get on with purpose. Um, I want to prophetically say that I believe what God is saying in regards to purpose, the time is now. Your time is now. My time is now. Our time collectively is now. Um, take that passion for his kingdom and his glory and put it into the work that God has called you to. Activate, activate, activate those giftings. Um, take that warrior spirit in you and chase down your purpose in God. And if you're already in it, if you're already in it, man, praise God. Keep running. We are cheering for you as you do. Uh, but there is a fruitfulness uh, that some of you, and definitely I have been longing to see in our lives, a fruitfulness that we've been longing to see in our community, um, and God is moving. And this morning, God is calling it out of you and I, get on with purpose. Okay, the next part in the verse, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Now, those seven words in that verse is something that I really had to wrestle out in my research um, because there have been many differing views and opinions on how to interpret it. And after just a lot of prayer and digging, I just went back to doing a simple but effective hermeneutical study of the word. If you want to know what hermeneutics is and how to do that, sign up to Leadership 113. Is that a good plug, Mel? <laughs> um, but at first glance, you know, this phrase can look like um, it means the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence from its enemies or the enemies of God. But actually, it's the complete opposite. The term suffers violence is the Hebrew word biatso, which means to apply force. Yes. 
but it means for the people of God to take the kingdom of heaven with forcefulness, uh, for the kingdom of the people of God to apply force. It's kind of like that phrase that we know of in the word, fighting the good fight. God doesn't want us to not fight. He just wants to, us to fight the right fight, the good fight. Um, so the example given here of um, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence It actually means, as I was researching it, to seek your share in the kingdom of heaven with the most ardent zeal and the most intense exertion. In simple words, to chase down your kingdom purpose with all of your passion and all of your might. What an encouragement for us um, from the Holy Spirit that uh, the the resurrection power Uh, the Holy Spirit, the warrior spirit that brings permanent change and is a gracious gift from God in us is in our midst. So let's get on with it and chase down our kingdom purpose with all of our passion and our might. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I've just come from an amazing week in Australia. I spent time with my mom, went and surprised her for Mother's Day. Literally flew out Sunday morning, so that's why I wasn't here. Um, And just hanging with family. Um, It's been a couple of years since we've hung out due to COVID, so it was really special. And I have this one brother, Socrates, who's he's hilarious. He's just a real funny guy, a bit of a comedian. And throughout my whole time there, because uh, he was telling us a story about how he was in the emergency room at the hospital and telling us this funny story, well, he said it was funny, about a woman who he thinks was sort of being dramatic and trying to get attention. And um, she, she said, uh, look at me, I'm shaking. And, and he just kept walking around the house mimicking her like this. It sounds sad, but he said she was faking it. Anyways, um, but he just kept saying, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. And it it got a bit annoying towards the end. Um, And so funny, while I was just preparing for the message, I was just sitting there trying to be still, trying to catch a download, um, a holy download, uh, sitting there and just really asking God to speak to me. And all I could hear was, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. And, um, And I just... I sat there for a minute and just kind of laughed at it, but then God reminded me something. The enemy is shaking, shaking at the thought of us taking this warrior spirit, catching on to this warrior spirit and chasing down our kingdom purpose. He's, he's petrified. He's, he's terrified of what happened at Victory Weekend yesterday that we will arise and activate. Um, and that's just why he lies and accuses to try to immobilize us. Um, the enemy would love for you and I to stay distracted, discouraged, uh, dismayed, ineffective, lazy, sleepy, apathetic about purpose, not fulfilling the amazing potential uh, that we have in God. And, you know, please don't let the, him do that to you. We are only dangerous to the enemy when we are awake and active in the purposes of God. He's not just scared of a warrior. He's scared of a warrior who is chasing down. Um, and the last part of that verse, the violent take it by force. Um, This part of the verse is a beauty. Uh, So the word, there's actually two words that are highlighted there that is actually the exact same word, which is take and force. It actually means the Hebrew word um, hapatso, which describes movement. It means to seize, to pull, to pluck, and to snatch. 
Uh, at the gym that I go to, we do like strength-based training, which includes like lifting barbells with weights. And over the past two months, there's just been a huge focus on a lifting move called the snatch. Um, if we had the items here, I could easily ask a number of our strong, beautiful sisters to come up and demonstrate. I know they would love to do that. <laughs> um, because I know that they also do this, um, practice this at the gym as well. And anyway, earlier on this week, um, our coach, Brooke, was demonstrating the move for us and taking, through, uh, taking us through the snatch again. I've got a little video here to play. But I love how she described it as a move that requires speed and aggression to get the bar with weights above your head safely and with power. Could we play that clip just quickly? The snatch. Okay, cool. So speed and aggression is what you need. It's not a move that you can perform with passivity, with being passive. Um, and so just looking back at those words, the violent, take it by force, to, to chase down your purpose, you need to snatch it with speed and aggression, with urgency and with that warrior spirit aggression, which John the Baptist repped so well, right? Um, you know, we can't afford to be passive about the purpose of God for our lives. Uh, and why? How about because tomorrow is not promised for any one of us? Uh, and so we need a sense of urgency when it comes to our purpose, but also warrior spirit aggression because Jesus didn't hand your purpose to you on a silver platter. It came to you on a cross. It came at a high price. Uh, he came not only so that we could have relationship with God, but so that we could fulfill his kingdom purpose in the earth. And so again, what is our response uh, going to be to that? Um, you know, just to wrap up this part, there is one amazing thing that I wanted to share from this verse that just brings everything about this Chase Down series that we have been looking at uh, for the last few weeks. It brings it full circle. Um, in biblical studies, the word snatch from the end of this verse actually refers to rescuing someone from the danger of destruction, seizing or carrying them away, or using divine power to transfer a person marvelously from one place to another. So rescue, carry, divine power for marvelous change. That sounds like the gospel to me. It sounds like the, the power of the gospel, uh, which is the only power that can snatch someone out of darkness. And the point that I want to make is that purpose always leads to people. Um, Purpose always leads to people. I wanted to share just a quick personal story in relation to this. Um, it's going on 10 years now that I've been working for our amazing Southside Church. It's been an absolute privilege and blessing to work under a couple of two of my favorite people, the most um, humble pastors that you will ever find. Um, prior to that, I was working in television and really chasing down my purpose until one particular day God uh, stopped me in my tracks while I was sitting at my desk um, and just said something real simple. It was a real uh, small voice, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And it just, he just said, if you really want to penetrate, if you really want to make a difference, it's people. And at that time, I was so obsessed with where I was going um, and so obsessed with the end goal. But God, in his wisdom, pressed pause to teach me some things that I've had to learn over the last few years. And that is that it is not about 
destination. It is not about the destination. It is about who you're going to pick up along the way. Uh, Kingdom purpose is not an express train. Uh, God wants us to stop at every station along the way and just look out and say, is there anyone willing to jump on and let's go? So, um, not, so not long after that, not long after that nudge from the Holy Spirit, a new door, a creative door opened up for me in spoken word poetry. But by this time, I had learned my lesson. Um, and so before I stepped through the door, I prayed, God, please only open this door if there is someone here that you want me to reach. And so that's where I met Marina, uh, one of the most faithful servants that you will find here, devoted to the things of God and the house of God. She might even be serving today, I can't see her. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, I've just watched God transform her life so much. And I didn't know it at the time. We, We talk about it now, looking back. I didn't know that she had already, prior to my us meeting, she had already been crying out to God to be carried out of darkness. And so I was just a vessel. God positioned me right there for his purpose in her life because this time I was looking to be a vessel for him to use. And I share all of this to say that chasing down God's kingdom purpose is always about reaching people. It's actually not even about us. Um, And this is God's heart and this is the reminder for this Chase Down series that it is about people. And all the things that God is calling us to chase down in this season, it is about people. Okay, so to close, um, I want to leave you with a question to discuss right where you are seated in groups of twos or, in, or threes or just whoever you find yourself near. Um, just as we have been doing for the last couple of weeks, we want to prompt a response. Um, so please think about the question that we're going to pop up, answer it in your group, and then also just pray for one another if you're comfortable uh, and commit to praying for each other even as you leave this place. The question is... What is your purpose in God? And what can you commit to doing this week to activate that purpose? What is your purpose in God? And what can you commit to doing this week to activate that purpose? Um, Just for anyone here that might need that, you know, I know it's a a big question. If you need that question simplified a bit, um, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And so another way that you could look at that question is what gift or ability is in your hands in this season that you can give your might to for God's glory? I'm going to give you a few minutes to share and pray, and then we will get Pastor Ulu to close us. Yeah, please do that.